Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Round Ball Ramble. I am your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, online sportsethos.com. Also, listeners, while you're at it, please take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. The single most dominant basketball fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's fast in the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. Listen, y'all, it's a day. Um, I'm recording this right now on the 6th of February. The Lakers survived a nail-biter of a game yesterday against the New York Knicks. Uh, it took Malik Monk outscoring the Knicks by himself in the third quarter. It took heroics by LeBron James. It took them sitting Russell Westbrook in the entire overtime period. It's a comeback from 21-point deficit, but somehow the Lakers beat the New York Knicks. And guess what? That's good for a 26-28 and 28 record ninth in the Western Conference. So this is, yep, another edition of the State of the Lakers. And for that, I brought on regular, not only regular guests for the Lakers, but also a good friend, uh, SBC alum, Josh Heideman. Josh, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing well outside of watching these Lakers and, and just getting so, so frustrated, um, especially the last two games with just kind of the state of play, the state of play down the stretch, the, the state of Russ, um, the, the coaching staff, the front office, I guess it's all just, you know, uh, as we kind of get to the trade deadline and start seeing other teams make moves and just, you know, Corbin, me and you just talked a little bit before we got on here just about the lack of, of flexibility and, and options that the Lakers have. And it's just, it's just disappointing um, when you look at uh, where this team was two years ago, coming off the bubble, winning a championship, looking great, you know, AD looking like a top five player, a uh, bunch of great supporting cast, um, guys who could play defense, hit threes, and just, you know, the decisions that were made by the front office, you know, not to run it back, um, to, to go out, you know, trading Danny Green in a first for Schroeder, that obviously didn't work. Um, you know, trying to get Gasol, you know, trading away a, a second round pick with, with JaVel McGee. Uh, and then, you know, bringing in Drummond to alienate Gasol so that we had to, you know, give away another second round pick to get rid of him. And then, uh, you know, just the rust trade, just, uh, you know, we talked about it ad nauseum, just, you know, where this team could have been with, with Buddy Heal, KCP and, and Caruso. Um, and instead, you know, we're, we're sitting here with, with Russ. Um, and, and like you said, you know, having to rely on, on Malik Monk uh, outscoring the Knicks by himself and, and getting, you know, really an A-plus game from AD last night, uh, getting another just great performance from LeBron, you know, triple-double, um, you know, extending his streak of 25 points in 19 games, which is just kind of insane when you think about how how old he is how, and, and what he's doing. You know, that that matched uh, Kobe's Laker uh, record in 19. I think Elgin still has the, the all-time Laker record. But uh, Kobe did that in, in 05, 06, you know, when he was just lighting people up and just, you know, making people look like fools and you know, LeBron matches now in, you know, his age 37 season, which is crazy. And, and just to think, you know, that you have these two guys that kind of at the apex uh, of, of, you know, LeBron still kind of giving you a, a top season, AD coming back, giving you everything you want. And 
barely beat a, a bad Nick team who, uh, you know, you have to come back from 21 down and, and only can do so because, you know, Malik Monk really shows out in the third quarter and eventually because you, you bench Russ in overtime. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I think we were texting a little bit during the game. I, I think maybe not, not a lot until after the game, but, you know, I was yelling at my television at the end of the fourth with, with, you know, why is Russ still in there? Just every time bad defensive possession after bad defensive possession, um, you know, everybody's seen the tweets of, of Staples, you know, crypto center fans, you know, yelling at him not to shoot that open three from the corner. Oh, you so he just misses yeah. it. You know, it's like that, that shot went up. You knew it had zero chance of going in um, and just not contributing anything offensively. He missed those two free throws down the stretch. Um, and just for me, it, it boils down to, and this is what I've always said from the beginning um, as to why I didn't think the rest thing worked. It's just, he doesn't give, the effort and he doesn't have the defensive IQ um, that you need for this team. And this team has always been based around defense. If you think about, you know, back to the bubble um, and why this team won uh, a championship, it was because they played elite level defense. And then if you think even last year, even after AD got hurt, we were still, um, you know, first or second in, in a bunch of kind of defensive rankings because we still had guys like Caruso and KCP and even guys like Kuzma who, you know, turned themselves into halfway decent defenders. Um, but the, the team was built around having a defensive identity and having uh, good defensive players. And, and Russ doesn't bring any of that. He's constantly out of position, constantly missing assignments, constantly not giving effort, you know, which is, which is really inexcusable for, for as much as I hear announcers talk about how this guy always plays hard and goes, you know, goes, you know, full pedal to the metal. The amount of times I saw him jogging back uh, on D after a turnover, after a bad shot was, it, it was just infuriating because, you know, that should be the one thing with Russ that you're going to get, you know, you're going to get that effort. He's going to give you, he's going to full out sprint to get back. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever seen him be a plus level defender over the last few years, you know, um, certainly since, you know, after he left Oklahoma city, uh, but that was always my main concern is, you know, you're giving up, you know, your, your good perimeter defenders and you're bringing back Russ, who not only isn't a good defender, but he's such a bad shooter that it makes it so you have to play a guy like Malik Monk or a guy like Carmelo in the lineup with him. And look, Monk's been a godsend, uh, you know, for getting a guy at the minimum um, to have him come in, you know, the amount of 20 plus uh, point games that he's had over, you know, the last few weeks has, you know, really been uh, life-saving for this team. I, I don't know where they'd be without him, but Monk's not a great defender, you know, and, and you can always have one or two guys that you have there who, who aren't great defenders and you can kind of hide them within the system. And that's part of, of what the appeal was for, for Vogel, right? Is he's such a great defensive coach that he can create a system that, uh, you know, you can have great defense, even if you have a guy like Monk on the floor. But when you have Monk and Russ, uh, it was just blown by, blown by, blown by every time. Russ coming with a bad double. Uh, Russ, you know, jumping in a passing lane, uh, leading to, to needing to switch. Like I said, Russ not sprinting back on, on defense and transition. And... You know, for a team that made its name off defense, you just can't have that. And then 
when you think about the trade and where the rush trade put us from a, a roster construction asset allocation standpoint, there's just not a lot to do now. We're paying Russ, you know, 44 million. It, in my opinion, it, the benching in overtime was the start of something good. And it really needs to be a, you know, people are like, oh, well, this is going to get through to Russ. There's, there's no getting through to Russ. I don't blame Russ. Uh, I think we, we talked about this a little bit, Corbin. Like, yeah. I feel bad for Russ. Uh, Russ is who Russ is. Like, for us to trade for him, expect him to come in, expect him to be, some type of above average defensive player, a guy who doesn't turn the ball over, a guy who's going to be able to make open three-pointers. Like that's just not who Russ is. Um, You know, the one, you know, aspect that I think, you know, to the extent we thought that there was any hope of this trade, it was, oh, well, when LeBron's out, he can kind of be the ball handler, be the engine of this offense and and kind of keep this team afloat. And and honestly, he hasn't done that either. Um, and, And, you know, I think that might just be uh, his athleticism's in a little bit of decline yeah. and he's just not as great as he used to be in that, in that respect. But all the other things, you know, this idea that we're going to put a, a square peg in a round hole, you know, that's on us. That's on the front office. That's on LeBron. That's on, you know, uh, Linda Rambis and Jeannie Buss um, for kind of going for the superstar and not, you know, the, the smart basketball roster construction. But at this point, I I don't know what else you need to see. I mean, I'm an advocate for giving him the John Wall treatment and just having him sit, um, you know, at least for a few games and just see how the team can respond uh, without him playing at all, because it's not just down the stretch, you know, part of the reason the Lakers ended up in a 21 point deficit was just bad play from Russ all around. And, and, I, I don't know. Last night just seemed like uh, a, a low point. Uh, I don't know that I've seen him play as bad. Maybe there's some games where he had more turnovers, but just, you know, one for 10 shooting, um, not really distributing the ball. Yeah. Like it's a bad defensive player that plays all around. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm just done with this Russ experiment. I know that, that there's a lot of people out there who say, well, he hasn't played with AD and, and LeBron, let's give him a chance if this team's healthy. Uh, to me, that we're past that. Uh, I've seen enough out of Russ to know that he's not a good defender. He's not going to suddenly morph into being a good defender because AD and LeBron are, are back healthy. He's not a good shooter. He's not going to suddenly morph into being a good shooter. Um, when you look at LeBron's career, uh, the one constant is you surround that guy with Defensive players and three-point shooters. That's been the recipe for success from Cleveland to Miami to the Lakers. I mean, that was the problem with the the 2018, 2019 Lakers is that, you know, we didn't do that. We went with playmaking. We went with, you know, Lance Stevenson and Rondo um, and, and, you know, know, which is, and, and, and I, I think I sent you a text the other day, Corbin, uh, this Laker team, you know, is now 26 and 28. Uh, that 2018-2019 uh, Laker team was 27-25. They were better than this Laker team was. And that was, you know, with all these young guys, with Lonzo and, and Brandon Ingram, you know, not with AD, um, you know. And and so t- for this team to be worse than that team, that, that was also very poorly constructed. Didn't have shooters, didn't have defenders. 
but they were still better than this team. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm at the point where I, I don't think there's a rush. You know, we, we can get into to trades here in a second. I don't think there's a rush trade out there at the deadline. I don't want to give away our first to, uh, to get rid of them, but I'm, I'm in favor of just seeing them. I'm kind of done with this season. I'm, I'm, you know, think we should kind of punt and start looking towards next season and start looking to make sure that we don't waste another year of LeBron and, and AD uh, kind of giving us championship level play. Um, and I, I think that starts by, sitting Russ and seeing if, if this team, you know, with Monk and THT or Reeves, um, you know, if they can put something together because uh, this team with, with Russ is just not, it's forget championship caliber, you know, uh, the, the jokes of, you know, Brooklyn Lakers for sure being in the championship all look silly. Now uh, this team is struggling to make the plan. And if the West wasn't so garbage at the, at the bottom there, you know, we wouldn't be making a plan right now in the East. Um, we have the same, you know, record as Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so, um, I don't know. I just, I am done with Russ. I'm done with the Russ experiment. Uh, we've done it. It's failed, uh, to me, any kind of continuing to try to, to give it more time is just, uh, shooting ourselves in the foot again after we've already shot ourselves in the foot three times. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been, been, been going on here for a while, but um, why don't, why don't you get, give us your take on, on where things stand that we can kind of get into the deadline and, you know, what moves can be made or what moves we want to see, uh, you know, the Lakers make or think about making and, and, you know, how that might be able to help them out. Yeah, no, I'm glad I've had your feedback on that. I'm much the same way. I think the Lakers are in this position where the, the damage that they've done, that they're kind of reaping, was already sown, you know, during the offseason when they could have potentially made a run to DeMar DeRozan, when they could have potentially just kept the same team and ran back for another year, when they could have potentially made a trade for Buddy Hield, and they decided to trade for Russell Westbrook. I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. I, I, I have not denied that I stay on that hill but I am definitely going down with the ship and the ship is sinking very fast. Um, you mentioned Russell Westbrook's last couple of games. I went and even took his last five games and over those last five games, his numbers on its head look okay. 17 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, eight assists. But then you look a little deeper, shooting 39% from the field, 30% from three, 60% from the line, three turnovers a game. Like it's not great. And that also takes into account, a 35-point game and a 20-point game that he had against the Hornets and the Hawks, respectively, both losses, I might add. Um, against the Trailblazers, he had 9 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists on 3 of 12 shooting. Against the Clippers, 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists, a little bit better on 7 to 18 shooting. And then, of course, the stinker against the Knicks, 5, uh, 4, and 6 on 1 to 10, missed every 3 and 3 to 7 from the free throw line. So, like, he is who he is, right? Like, we knew this when he got it, and that's the problem. Uh, Russ haters and people um, who just weren't a fan of the fit, uh, I think you were the latter, said, hey, that's not a great, like, that doesn't work at all. Like, that's not a good plan. It's not a good fit. Why do they think what happened? The idea, to me, still holds true. Like, he could manage with the minutes, but when, when LeBron's on the floor. But unfortunately, that's no longer the case. Like, this team is, is not a great team, and Russ is not the type of player to, you know, take over and be an offensive fulcrum for even minutes at a time. I mean, he's being benched for THT, and the reasoning is that you're using THT as off-ball help, which makes zero sense. So 
I guess I'm just flummoxed, man. I guess, yeah, I kind of want to turn to you. Like, with the trade deadline, you, you don't think Russ is going to be traded. So where do you think he will go? I mean, I I don't have any faith in, in this uh, coaching staff front, or front office um, to, you know, do what they need to do and, and bench Russ. Um, and not just kind of bench him down the stretch, but bench him, um, you know, start Monk and uh, I would start Reeves, but you could start THT. I mean, the reason they they got rid of those guys, is not like THT is a shooting threat. Um, you know, once again, it's so that they could have someone who could help play uh, some type of defense, some type of perimeter defense, which Russ has just not done throughout the whole season. Um, and so, you know, that's why. I'd like to see Austin Reeves get some more run, but I think Russ remains on the team. I think they keep trying to work it out. I think the front office and Vogel are both kind of pot committed. So I, I don't think, you know, Rob and, and Kurt Rambis are going to admit that they made a mistake um, and, you know, try to trade Russ for John Wall and, and some picks or try to trade Russ for uh, Kemba and, and Fournier and, and, Alex Burke, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, I do think that the Lakers are, you know, put their poo-poo platter out there, the THT none and, and the 2027 first round pick. And, you know, that's not seemingly gotten traction on getting any of the, you know, um, Jeremy Grant, uh, Miles Turner, uh, you know, anybody else who's kind of out there available uh -huh. with, uh, what I'd like to see, honestly, is is Lakers turn into sellers. Um, you know, see what you can get from Malik Monk. Uh, this is a guy who. Oh, I love you know, Malik Monk. I love Malik Monk too. You know, but the the fact is, is, you signed him to a one year deal, and you box yourself in with no cap space next year. Like, I just don't think that Malik Monk's going to take six million dollars a one year, six million dollar uh, deal next year in free agency, given how well he's played. I think he's, you know, I think his agent did him right. Uh, getting him to the Lakers, getting him to a situation where he could show off. And I think he's going to get himself a, a decent contract uh, in the off season, you know, um, maybe a mid-level exemption type deal, you know, three years, 30 million or something along those lines. Uh, you know, maybe a, a, a THT deal, you know, two years, 20 million with a, a player option for the third. But I, I don't think the Lakers have uh, an ability to keep him. Uh, they can only use the the six point three million dollar mini mid level unless they're going to be hard capped, which they they just can't be with with Russ and AD and, and LeBron on the roster. Those guys just make too much money. So unless you think that Monk's going to take six million dollars and, and run it back again mm -hmm. next year, I, I just think he's he's going to be somewhere else next year. And I don't have any faith that this this Laker team this year is going to be contending for a championship so if you could get uh you know well, a protected uh -huh. first round pick you could get two second round picks uh you know the lakers have made a history of not cashing in chips and, and letting guys just walk you know just going all the way back to when, when they didn't trade Powell, and and you know it's been a kind of a constant theme with the the you know mitch to rob or mitch to magic to rob in terms of not uh trying to trade assets that we aren't going to use to get some type of draft capital um, but yeah, if I'm, I'm, if you let me be Rob and I had full autonomy to do whatever I, I wanted to do, I, I'd start looking and seeing what, what I could get from Monk, what I could package Monk with, 
uh, THT, what I could package monk with none, if I could get a first, a protected first, if I could get two good seconds, um, I would do that. You know, I would try to cash those chips in, give myself some more flexibility for this off season where I, I do think you have the ability to trade Russ as an expiring contract in the off season. I think you'll probably have to take back some bad contracts, but uh, you know, a, a guy like uh, Tobias Harris is out there. Who's, who's got a big fat contract that, that maybe people want to get off on uh, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward. There, there are guys that might make some sense where a, a team has long-term money committed to someone and, and wants to, to, to get Russ and negotiate a buyout and you have that cap space um, and, and be bad next year. So I, I think that's, that is a possibility, but it, it's certainly going to be helpful if you have some extra draft capital, some extra young assets to, uh, you know, help with that rebuild. So I'd, I'd like to kind of give those minutes to THT. Hopefully he can come out of the funk that he's been in um, since those, you know, he had three really good games when he came back. And since then has kind of just been uh pretty pretty horrible um to to put it bluntly uh but give him some more run see if he can he can kind of recapture some of that the magic that he had over the last two seasons give austin reeves some run see if he can pump up his value you know he they did sign him to a uh a two-year deal so he, we, we do have him um next year but otherwise this team like you know they're I'm not sure what what we expect for coming for running it back next year. You know, you have all these minimum guys. Um, you have guys like Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Reza, what Anthony Bradley, Anthony Bradley, Avery Bradley. Those five guys, honestly, like they probably all should be retired um, already. <laughs> if they yeah. all retired this year, it would not be surprising. Um, you know. Uh, of those guys, you know, Mello's look decent. You know, he's never been a great defensive player, but he can still put the put the ball in the basket. Um, he's really kind of helped the Lakers having, you know, another three-point shooting threat. Uh, but if if all five of those guys decided to retire at the end of the season, I would not, not be surprised at all. Um, you know, if you look at the other guys that the Lakers signed, Bazemore, Bust. Yeah, um, almost instantly. To come in and, uh, you know, provide shooting and defense. He doesn't even play anymore. Wayne Ellington was supposed to come in, provide shooting. He doesn't play. Uh, so, you know, who who are you looking at in this team, you know, going forward for next year? I, I think, you, you know, you're looking at LeBron AD. Uh, you're looking at, you know, maybe none picks up his option if he doesn't play um, because, you know, this point it wouldn't surprise me for him not to play the rest of the season um given that we haven't really heard anything and um this bone bruise seems like it's just you know uh maybe uh, i heard he was questionable for yesterday's game yeah uh I, I don't know uh i just you know you know yeah that's true we'll see but um but yeah so so maybe none's on this team maybe none picks up the option but otherwise you're looking at reeves uh tht braun AD and Russ. And that's, that's really it in terms of guys you're bringing back. Maybe Melo makes an, another run because him and Braun are, are BFFs. Um, but I can't imagine that, that you're bringing back Ariza again uh, or Dwight or DeAndre Jordan or Bazemore or Wayne Ellington. So, so all those guys 
as far as I'm concerned, are, are you know, not part of the Lakers plan for next year. Um, and so you're going to have to replace them with all minimum guys because of the, the situation you put yourself in with Russ. You don't have uh, any cap space. You can't use the full mid-level because you'd be hard capped and we, we can't give them the amount of money there. So we have like, they said 6.3 million to give to someone uh, that doesn't seem like enough to keep Monk. So if you could get something for Monk now um, and, you know, either by himself or in a package with none or in a package with THT, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I look seriously into doing that and trying to cash in some of that value and trying to position yourself to, to be able to make some moves next year uh, and not have kind of the limited flexibility that we have this year. Uh, if I, even if I felt like you could get a, a Miles Turner, who I like, um, for THT none and, and that 2027 first round pick, which, you know, I know that they've offered around. I don't think that's getting it done for, for those guys. You know, it's, it's kind of like to what end? Then you just have, you know, uh, AD, Braun, Miles Turner, Russ, like that team still is not winning a championship. And now you've given away that 2027 first round pick, which I think, you know, does have a lot of value and, and starting next year, if you, you manage to keep that, you can, you can start going out to the market with your 2027 and your 2029 mm-hmm. first round pick in, in the off season. And, and then all of a sudden you might be able to, you know, uh, get, get some, some of the more big name guys who might be available, um, with, you know, two firsts, maybe a, a little bit of a rehab THT, you know, throw in a, an Austin Reeves if it, if it moves the needle for, for people. But um, so, yeah, so I, I'm looking to be a seller at the deadline. Okay. If anybody's interested in, uh, in a monk, um, you know, certainly if I can get rid of Avery Bradley and DeAndre Jordan uh, for nothing, I, I do that and, and open up an extra roster spot for a potential buyout guy. Um, you know, I know that Paul Millsap's been linked to, to Houston, to, to Houston, to Chicago. Um, but you know, he's a guy who's probably not going to be with the Nets after the deadline. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some other guys, you know, one of which wants to kind of come and, and be in LA and, and play with Braun. So, uh, to the extent we can open up an extra roster spot, you know, good to do that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not in favor at this point of, of using that first round draft pick. Um, so if there's, there's some deals out there for THT and none, um, I guess I'd be okay with it, but there's nothing at this point that I see that moves the needle to, to take this team from where it's at to a, a championship level team. That was my next question. Do you think that the championships are at, are we, are the moves you're um, suggesting Lakers make more to just kind of retool for next year um, are they completely out of the loop on this? Because maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think that they're completely out. Like the Western Conference, outside of the very top. Okay, I guess that does kind of answer for me. Yeah, like, I don't. Uh, see- I, I, I'm just gonna <laughs> tell you, Corbin, you are crazy. Yet in my mind, they are out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they just don't have the defensive chops unless Kendrick Nunn's gonna come back and be kind of uh, second coming of of Alex Caruso or KCT, where he's able to give you you know, really good perimeter defense and, and, you know, above average three point shooting. And, uh, you know, they get another buyout guy who can really help them play the, you know, a stretch power forward, uh, you know, a, a guy like Paul Millsap suddenly finds the, the fountain of youth, uh, 
and and is able to to come back and give you great minutes. Uh, I don't even know any of the, any other buyout guys who who I'm kind of tracking who could you know come in and make a, a sizable difference. But yeah, I think I think you're crazy. I think this team is is done for the year. I think this there's no way this team could compete with the Phoenixes and the Golden States. Uh, sure, they could win a play-in game. Um, sure, they could get to that first round. But I don't I don't see any way that this team. Uh, as currently constructed or even as, you know, any trade that they could do could, you know, beat a Golden State team, assuming that Golden State team is healthy, has a clay back and, and you know, uh, Draymond and Steph uh, or, or certainly Phoenix, who, you know, is is doing great here and yeah. setting a franchise record with uh, their their start uh, with CP3 and Booker and DeAndre Ayton and, and all those and Mikhail Bridges, like, you know, that, that team, you know, I don't know. We, we had our chance last year um, and last year's roster seemed to be much better constructed and can do it. Um, obviously the, the AD injury played into that, but uh, I, I, I don't see this team with just AD and Braun and uh, the, the rest of the cast of characters being able to, to hang going into Phoenix or Golden State without home court and, and being able to take more than one or two games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at it this way, I guess you're right. Like, I, I don't understand. Okay, real quick, before I dive all into that, would that include a John Wall-Russell Westbrook swap? Would that not leave them better suited? Or would they look about the same? Or would they look worse to you? I think they'd look better. I mean, I think you can't really look worse than than they look with a <laughs> You know, John Wall, who knows what kind of physical shape he is. He, he didn't look bad when he played in Houston at the end of last year. Um, he used to be a good defensive player. Um, he's a better shooter than Russ, even if he's not a good shooter. And, you know, I think that he's a guy, you know, everyone talked about like Russ coming in and buying in and playing the role. But, you know, I think the chances, you know, Russ was always going to be Russ, like we said at the beginning of the, sh- the show. I think the chances of you getting John Wall to come in who hasn't been able to play the whole year. Um, so he's both rested and kind of hungry and you tell him, Hey, we just want you to play some good defense and hit some open threes and run the offense a little bit when, when you're in there and bronze out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think there's, there's a chance. And, and I think there's a chance you rehab his value more so than Russ, you know, I, at this point, I don't see anybody trading for Russ as anything other than an expiring contract Fair. Um, in next season. But I think if, if John Wall came back and looked decent, uh, you know, he's got one more year left. Maybe, maybe there's somebody that's uh, that wants to take a flyer on, you know, paying him the, the 47 million he's owed and, and thinks, thinks he can contribute to the team. So I, I would do that in a heartbeat. I, I just, I'm not sure that Houston would do it without draft capital attached. I'm certainly not attaching that, that 2027 first. If I could do that with some seconds, um, I would be, you know, sign me up. Um, I would, I would do it. And I think that it would help the team both this year and, and next year. Um, but I still, you know, even if you got John Wall, I, I don't think, just with the rest of the supporting cast that the, that the this front office has uh, surrounded Braun and AD with, I don't think there's enough defense, uh, and I don't think there's enough three point shooting to 
actually uh, win a championship this year. So what went wrong? Do you think Lakers like totally like the, the seeds were sown from the offseason? Do you think that this roster could have won a championship as constructed? Like right now, let's just say everyone's healthy. Could they have won one? Like, I guess if we're, if we're conceding this season as a lost cause here, and I mean, at least you are, I'm more on that end. I just, I don't know. I want to wait till Thursday. So after Thursday to lock it in, you know, but sure. Sure. With that um, being so, said, like yeah. I, said I, I go back to, to two seasons ago at the off season, two seasons ago, there's a decision to not run it back after the bubble. I don't think anybody would have faulted Rob and, and Rambus from just, you know, bringing back everybody, bringing Dwight back, Javel back. Um, you know, giving Danny Green. I know everyone got really upset that Danny Green missed that open three-pointer that could have won uh, game five. Um, but, you know, Danny Green plays good defense and hits 40% of his threes. Um, you know, so rather than trading Danny Green in a first for, for Schroeder um, and, you know, going out and getting a guy like Trez, um, I think there, there's definitely things they could have done in terms of running it back and kind of that keeping that team more intact but you know what that was what's done was done there if you, if you kind of go just from this offseason yeah I think the die was cast once they did the rust trade uh I don't know how you could have built a team around Russ being this bad defensively and this bad of a shooter uh, even knowing that that he was going to kind of give you what he was going to give you I don't know that there was options out there to you know, maybe you could have gotten a guy like a Gary Payton, uh, the second, um, and, you know, he certainly would have helped in terms of giving you that perimeter defense. But, you know, I think that when they chose to not, you know, they didn't have to do a deal, right. Um, Kuz was under contract. KCP was under contract. Trez had opted in. They, they, they certainly could have run it back. I mean, you know, like we said, this 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 team was a team that had Phoenix on the ropes, and, and maybe if AD doesn't get hurt, they were able to beat Phoenix last year. Um, you know, so you, you could have run it back and and given this team a shot. And you know, not signing Alex Caruso is just you know such a horrible decision from an asset management standpoint, from a talent decision, from just a cost, uh, you know, from a being cheap standpoint. It just you know, it was, it wasn't something where they had to make the decision. Oh, we have to trade these assets to get Russ. It was, we've done that. And now we can keep Alex Caruso or we could let him walk for nothing. And they let him walk for nothing. And this was a guy who, you know, you found as an, uh, you know, undrafted guy you got from the G league was cut by Oklahoma city, you know, you brought him through the defenders and, and, you know, everybody in LA just loved him. And guy who had, you know, one of the best plus minuses in two-man game with LeBron um, ever, you know, not just with the Lakers, but, you know, across LeBron's career. Yeah, across the and, and you choose not to resign him. And instead you give THT, uh, you know, a, a big contract that honestly was, you know, the fault of the front office again for not signing him to a three-year deal when he was a rookie. Um and so now, you know, you, you go into the season with just THT, Ross, AD, you know, the, the none thing is just, it's just bad luck. You know, everyone thought Kendrick was going to come in and, and provide some, some help there. Mm. And I, I don't think you could, you could have thought that he was going to, you know, we would be talking on in February and he would have still not played a game. 
Um, so that that's, you know, I don't put that on the, on the front office. That's bad luck. But to me, once you decide to do that rust trade, you, you gave away any chance of the championship. You didn't even need to do the Buddy Hill trade. I, I think no. the Buddy Hill trade made a lot of sense. Um, I think, you know, Trez uh, did the Lakers a solid opting in so that they could have that, that salary slot to, to trade him. But, you know, if you trade just Trez and, and Kuz for, for Buddy Heald, you know, and you re-sign Caruso, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, KCP still around, you have Caruso still around, you would have had an extra first round pick you could have done something with. Um, but even if you just ran it back, you know, like, like I said, I think what just has been kind of just burned into my brain more and more as, as we've gone through these four seasons with LeBron is why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? You know what works yeah. with LeBron. Put defenders but, and three-point shooters around him. That's my question. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I don't want to cut you off too much. Rob just thinks he's smarter than everybody I was going to say, do you think that they think that? Like, do you think that they do know what works? Because I feel like they kind of stumbled in, and maybe he thought, oh, I can tweak it, I can tweak it. Like, you say that, and I agree with you. But at the same time, I wonder if – I wonder mm-hmm. if – I think they like the big name. I think they like the story. I think that the, this look, Jeannie bus is as much at fault as anybody else here. You know, um, Mm -hmm. as much as I want to throw Rob and, and Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis under the bus. And and I do think that this season's a fireable offense for, for Rob, you know, Um, and, you know, LeBron needs to take some responsibility, but at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. you're the GM of the team. You're the one making those calls, making those trades, but, I think ownership also was supportive of getting Russ, getting this homecoming story, getting this big name, getting this guy who's going to sell jerseys, getting this guy who's going to put butts in the seat. And, you know, just the, it's been a kind of constant thing with the Lakers. You know, they go for the star power. They go for the name over the, the analytics. And, you know, they got lucky because, you know, LeBron's great and he's LeBron and, AD is, you know, awesome. And they were able to, to get him, you know, giving away a bunch of young guys that weren't going to be on that, that same timeline. But, um, you know, the, the decisions they've made in terms of, you know, prioritizing guys and, you know, the rest of the roster, let's talk about the rest of the roster. We talked about, you know, as bad as the rust trade was like, okay, so you're filling it out with a Trevor Ariza who's in his, 18th, 19th season, Carmelo Anthony, who's playing in his 19th season, you know, Wayne Ellington's going to suddenly come in here and be a, be a three-point shooter. Uh, Kent Bazemore, uh, you know, okay. Uh, Avery <laughs> Bradley, like this guy got cut from Golden, Golden State and we're, we're picking up guys off the trash heap. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, like what are you doing? Rajon Rondo? Uh, like, yeah. I mean, you know, all – it's just so frustrating when you when you talk about all this stuff. We talk about, you know, just not having defenders. We had to pick up Stanley Johnson, a guy who did not play the first, you know, 30, 40 games of the NBA. Yeah, season. first third, yeah. Uh, we pick him up, and he literally becomes, like, the second-best defender on our team, such that we signed him to a full-year contract after, you know, he went through his 10 days because – we did such a bad job of roster construction to put any defenders on there. Um, Ariza's a halfway decent defender, but he's so old, so injury prone to think that that's going to be, you know, uh, 
a solid defensive a option at the four yeah. is, is just silly. And it was really like, hey, you have some connection with the Lakers. You played here before. You got some like name recognition. Um, yeah, come and like, cool. Like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come to LA and, and we'll put it all together. And somehow it's going to not blow up in our face in spectacular fashion. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. I, I don't want to be the I told you so guy, but I've been obviously ranting and raving about this since it happened, um, you know, since this summer when we, we first started talking about this at, at SBC and, you know, when when the, the rest of the roster was, was finished constructed and we talked about this preseason. Um, so, uh, like I said, I think this is a fireball offense for, for Rob and I think that that Kurt Rambis takes needs to take some responsibility. I think Jeannie needs to take a long look in the mirror and, and, you know, think about who she's entrusting to make these basketball decisions, because you really couldn't have done much worse than you tried. This is a team you, you said at the start, Corbin, we're, we're ninth. Um, yeah, ninth place. That, yep. is, that is struggling to make the play in games. Uh, this is a team that, like I said, if, if we were in the East, we would not make the play in, um, you know, uh, only, only because Portland and New Orleans and San Antonio and, and Sacramento are such dog shit. Are, are we even in a position where we, we kind of play in the play in? Um, but, you know, you're going to have to win two games. Um, I don't, I don't think we're catching the Clippers or, or Minnesota. No, you're going to have to win two games just, just to get the privilege of being dismissed. Uh, in the first round from Phoenix or Golden State. Uh, I just, I don't see any way that this team um, or any moves this team can make can, can compete with those. And, and I'm saying this with assuming we have a healthy LeBron and AD, which is just, you know, kind of blows the mind um, when you have, you know, two of those players playing at the level that they are and are still not able, you know, basketball is only five guys on the court at one time. And if you have two guys who are playing that, such a high level, you think you could, you know, find three more guys to kind of surround them with that you could, you could play some winning basketball and, and we've managed to not do it. And I've got zero faith in this front office that they're going to be able to, to pull a, a rabbit out of their hat um, here at the deadline. So, like I said, I think, you know, they'll probably do nothing. I don't know, maybe do something around the edges. Um, but, uh, you know, I, the, the idea that we just need this team to have more time and get healthy and get reps playing together. Uh, you know, I think as evidence last night, like this team won in overtime because they bench rush. So like yeah. Russ doesn't need more time playing with AD and LeBron. Russ needs more time on the bench. Um, and, you know, the Lakers need to, to find a way to have Malik Monk playing 30 plus minutes a game and THT or Reeves, or some, I mean, that, that's another another aspect of last night was they, you know, aside from benching Mutt, they also finally benched Avery Bradley, who, you know. Oh, my God. He should not have been starting to begin with. He should not have been starting to begin with. And, you know, the Frank, like, this is not all on Frank, right? He got saddled with a bad roster. We've just spent this whole, you know, hour just lambasting our front office and how just this roster construction was just horrible. Um, from start to finish, but man, Frank has done himself no favors. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, starting DeAndre Jordan for as long as he did, 
um, starting Avery Bradley. Like the fact that it took him this long to give Malik Monk 30 plus minutes is, is just kind of crazy. Um, you know, the fact that he, you know, didn't go away from Russ down the stretch. I mean, Russ made, you know, one of the most boneheaded moves in that Clipper game, just that, you know, uh, double team where he didn't even double team um, Reggie Jackson just kind of gave him that easy layup. And when you constantly make bad defensive plays down the stretch to get rewarded by continuing to play down the stretches just doesn't make sense, especially when you're a defensive coach. And I thought that, um, you know, when Russ was benched the last time, that was, you know, the front office kind of telling Vogel, like, yeah, you have the authority. You're, you're the coach. Like, you need to do what you need to do for us to win games. And, and Vogel continuing to kind of, um, you know, just try to make it work with Russ. Like I said, um, some of his rotations are just, just don't make sense. Uh, not giving Monk minutes. Um, so, you know, if I'm the Lakers and, and I'm going forward and they don't make moves at the deadline, I'm trying to give Monk 30 minutes. I'm trying to give THT or find someone, uh, who can give me some good guard, uh, for, you know, wing defensive play, whether that's Reeves or someone else you, you kind of pick up Stanley Johnson, you know, nobody talks about the fact that Stanley Johnson is not good offensively. Um, Stanley Johnson. No. He, 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 he makes a three every once in a while. Mm-hmm. He's, at, yeah, he's actually shot kind of decent, but like that, he doesn't have any offensive game. And he's still out there giving us quality minutes because we don't have any other good defenders. You know, we have guys like, you know, the we have the Mellows who come in, give you buckets, but you're, you're not getting defense. Monk gives you buckets, but you're not getting defense. There's, there's no two way guys on this roster, you know, LeBron even, you know, is usually pretty lackadaisical on defense. You, you deal with it because he's LeBron. ADs really are our only two-way guy. Um, and you need to find minutes for Reeves. You need to find minutes, um, you know, I guess as long as Reeves is healthy, see if he can kind of, you can integrate him in there to get some minutes um, for, from him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I Like I said, I think, I think this season's loss. I think the Lakers would be well served to to try to sell whatever parts they could get to be in a better position to retool for next year. Um, what do I think they're going to do? I don't know. I think they're this front office so bad. I would be I I'd almost be surprised if they don't throw away this first round pick and THT and just go for broke and and you know I, I don't know try to get Jeremy Grant for THT nine a first round pick and you know three seconds or whatever, you know, and, and just do something stupid and mortgage the rest of the future for a team that, that doesn't have a chance. Uh, Cause that's just been what this front office has done up to this point. So I, I don't, I don't have any reason to think that they will, will suddenly pivot and, and start making smart moves. But from, from my perspective, uh, if I was running the show, I would, I would be sellers. I think Malik Monk has got to have value. Uh, one of the deals I was looking at was, to the Cavs, they just made the deal for for Karis LeVert. Um, you know, got a, a gave a, a protected first for LeVert. I, I don't know that you could get a first for Monk, but certainly I think you could get two good seconds. Um, and maybe if you put Monk in a second together, you know, we have some some of the seconds from the the Washington deal. Maybe that could get you a protected first. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, otherwise, what we're going to do is we're just going to waste Monk. 
he's going to have a, a good season and go sign somewhere and get his money, um, get paid in the off season. And then we're going to be in a situation in the off season again, where we were staring down Russ accepting his $47 million contract and trying to see, you know, how, who we can offload him to and not having any cap space, having just that, that 6.3 million minimum level. And the rest of the roster will be THT and maybe, maybe none if he starts and, and, and the rest will be minimum guys that, and like I said, it's not even like we're going to bring back the minimum guys we have now. I think a bunch of those guys are going to retire and you're going to have to go find a, a new crop of aging vets to, to compliment uh, LeBron and AD. Wow. This is all depressing, man. I, I guess I'm going to close with one. It, it's accurate. I understand it, but I, oh my gosh, it's depressing. Okay. So let me ask you this just before we close out here, Frank Vogel. What's his future with the Lakers? Uh, no future with the Lakers. I think they got to fire him. Um, I think that if they had lost that game last night, uh, I could have seen him getting fired here uh, in the time before the Tuesday game. Uh, like I said, it, it, it's not, this isn't Frank's fault, but Frank hasn't done himself any favors. He hasn't uh, coached well. He hasn't had good rotations. He's supposed to be a defensive coach. Uh, I know that you got saddled with guys who don't have the skill set to play good defensively, but you need to have a defensive philosophy, have guys like if you're a defensive coach, you need to make it work. You need to find a way to not be as bad defensively as these Lakers have been um, just giving up layup after layup. I mean, they gave up 71 points to the New York Knicks in the first half last night that Knicks had never scored more than 40 points in the first quarter. They scored 42, you know, they, yeah. it's, it, you, you can't have that. If you're, you're, if your trademark is being a defensive guy, you can't then have your team not be good defensively. Exactly. Um, so uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm going to be sad because uh, I'll always have a good, good thoughts about Frank and, and what he did in the bubble. But I think they'll, the Rob and, and Kurt will look for a fall guy and I think that they'll make Vogel the fall guy and, and say that this was this was coaching and they just need to get the right coach in here to get the best out of the players. I don't think that's right, but I also don't think that Vogel's done uh, enough this season to deserve to to be back for sure because um, I think his rotations have been been garbage. I think this mm-hmm. team's defense has been garbage, and I you know I think that it's been tough in terms of having to, to navigate, you know, LeBron and AD and Russ and, and their support and, and obviously all the injuries. But um, I don't know. I think that if he had made some of these decisions to bench Russ, you know, two or three weeks ago, um, you could have, you know, potentially had a, a, a team that was going in a different direction. Um, I'd be surprised if he makes it through the end of the season. Um, and certainly I don't, I don't see a situation in which he probably comes back next season. Um, just because I think that Rob and, and Kurt won't be willing to admit that they were the ones who really kind of messed this up so bad. And so you can't fire LeBron. Um, you can't fire Russ. You, you can just Rob's not going to fire himself. Yeah. He's not going to fire himself. So I think, I think that, yeah. Um, I think Vogel's, this is, this is going to be Vogel's last year uh, coaching the Lakers. Okay. That's, 
even more depressing, but I understand it. I mean, listen, he's had another, not had the best year and a half, but I think he has been one of the better Laker coaches in the past 20 years. And that's not an exaggeration. I mean, when you think about Phil Jackson, everyone who came after Phil Jackson and the two or three coaches before Phil Jackson, what, Dal Harris, Magic Johnson, like, well, last 20 years would actually just be up to Phil Jackson. So one of the better Laker coaches of the last 20 years, absolutely. It's sad it has to go down that way, but I agree. We're going to end a little bit of positivity. And so I'm going to ask you a question to end this pod here where what is the best case scenario for the Lakers this year? Uh, this year, uh, trade Malik Monk uh, with a second rounder, get a protected first, you get two seconds, um, you uh, play THT over Russ um, and THT and Austin Reeves develop and both look, like they are young prospects that people are excited about again. Um, you keep LeBron and AD healthy, uh, no major injuries, no, no knee or Achilles or anything uh, major. You, uh, you win the play in game and you are able to give a spirited fight uh, against Golden State or Phoenix and, and take that to, you know, six or seven games before losing and, you know, making it clear that, that this formula is not going to work and you need to, to revamp. I think that, you know, that's, I I hate just continuing to be so negative, but I think part of what you need to have happen is you need to sometimes have that, those failures to, to get through and and break through the darkness to the light. So I don't think it would be successful for the Lakers to win, uh, you know, have an upset in the first round and and make it to the second round and lose there. I think, you know, uh, the, the best thing would be, you know, you, you, maybe make it to the playoffs just so you keep those streaks intact. But, you know, you, you lose pretty resoundingly and, and make sure that everybody knows that, that what happened this year is not going to get you to the championship uh, level that you need to be at. And those changes need to be made. And hopefully you go into this off season with some more assets um, and uh, healthy LeBron and AD to, to try to try it again next year. Wow. Well, let me tell you, Josh, this certainly was sobering, but I think it was a much needed dose of reality for this Laker fan over here. Wow. Um, Listen, we're going to have to come back on after the trade deadline uh, just to have a brief, uh, even if it's just a segment, talking about what, if anything, Lakers did up to the trade deadline, including the last second rumors, you know are going to come up with like minutes to spare before the deadline. So definitely look forward to having you back on for that, man. But I just want to say thank you so much for um, hopping on here and just talking some Lakers with me. Yep. Always, always love talking basketball, talking Lakers with you, Corbin. Wish it was, uh, you know, a more positive episode, but we'll see what, we'll see what the team does this week. And uh, yeah, we'll get back after it uh, after Thursday and and can kind of reassess where this team stands going forward at post deadline and, and what we think the, the prospects are there. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm totally with you. And I appreciate you. And yeah, we'll get you back on here, man. Listen, y'all, you guys, can only find Josh Heidman here. All right. It's exclusive deal. So you want these Laker takes, <laughs> you got to go to the round ball ramble podcast for that. So definitely make sure to do that. I uh, want to thank Josh again, one more time for coming on here and sharing some of his Laker insight. Um, hopefully next time we do this, will be under better circumstances. I'll be next week. So we'll see what the Lakers do. Um, you can find this podcast and all of our others on uh, sportsethos.com on Twitter at sportsethos. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Let me know how I can do better. I want to. 
um, and your feedback is integral to making that happen. So please make sure to show some love there. I thank you in advance. You can find me on Twitter at Corbin MBA. And listen quickly before we sign off, we want to also remind you to use coupon code HoopBall20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of time to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Again, HoopBall20 at manscaped.com. Check out mybookie.ag. Check out tomorrow for this podcast for Josh, for myself. We are frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. All right, y'all.